Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 61. 61 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 12th. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Pod, Spotify, etc. Welcome, welcome in. We are down a member today. Super producer Nick C is not with us right now. He'll probably be back next week, but no matter what, always upset that he's not going to be here, but he is taking some personal time. JB holding it down in the desert. Max up in the land. I'm here in the current city of sports madness of Philadelphia, and I'm experiencing seasonal allergies right now. So if you couldn't tell with my voice, it's going to be a little nasally today. Gentlemen, how are we doing? You know, Pete, we're doing well. Um, it's just, it's sad that you have a Yankees hat on. I know you're one of those Yankees fans that wears the name on the back of the jersey, you know, fake Yankee fan. Oh. So I'm, uh, <laughs> that allegation. I allow a lot of things to come one in one ear and out the other. That one is not one of them. That is unacceptable. So I will have to dock your pay for this upcoming week. Dock it. It's already at zero. Can't go much lower. <laughs> all right, JB, what's going on? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I, uh, man, baseball right now. I got to say, I've been, I was gambling on the second half of the major league season and it was going pretty well. Finished the regular season up money and then I got into the postseason. And good God, the sports books are just stealing all my money. Everything, the numbers are just out the window. Just anything can happen. And it's a uh, God, it's such a beautiful time of year with postseason baseball. But my wallet is currently hurting right now. And my Cleveland Guardians are down four to one to your Yankees. And it's just things could be going better, but we are talking dynasty. So that is a plus. If it's any consolation, it's money lost today, but potentially if the guards keep moving on and you keep losing money, do you really care? No, I don't. And actually the one thing I will say, I haven't put a single dollar down on the guardians in the postseason. I forced myself to just enjoy them as a pure fan. I've eliminated them from any betting consideration and to anybody out there that has their team in the playoffs, whatever sport it may be, I encourage you to do the same thing. The it just it's a the most pure way to enjoy your team in the postseason. And you just you don't need the money on it. Just put your heart on the line and it'll get the job done. This is this is just like Max with his spreads. Another win this week for the spread goat. Crazy. You know, it is true. I, I never bet it though. I always think, you know, like, oh, I think it will win. Like I pick <laughs> them because I think they'll hit, but I don't want to jinx it for the fans. Like I sacrificed my hard earned US dollars so that you, the fans, can make money. So <laughs> I will keep not betting them. Yeah, check out our sports betting specials on Saturday. Before we get into the show, really quick talking point um, with everything going on with the NFL and their defensive uh, hatred the last couple of weeks, I wanted to just you know get a little temperature check on you guys. Are you liking the product that we're seeing on the field for the NFL? I know with the roughing the passer calls and all these super light, defensive holding, pass interference calls coming up. Obviously, I think Roger's going to hear the public outrage and kind of shift things, but wanted to get your public perception on, not your public perception, the public perception uh, from both of you guys on the way that the NFL is trending. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little soft. There's some calls out there that it's like, how do you miss that? Or why are you calling that? And I don't know. I think I speak for a lot of fantasy football fans. We want points. We want a lot of points. And I, I feel like I've seen so many field goals, so many three and outs and punts and just not many points being scored, especially in these primetime games. And I love the NFL. I mean, more than a lot of people, but I mean, I literally, I went to bed at halftime of the Sunday night game just because it was like, it was 10, 10 and I was expecting 24 to 21 or something like that. So I just want to see more points. I think it's a little soft right now, but it's not ever going to be perfect. Chicks dig the long ball. JB. Chicks do dig the long ball. Um, we might not be seeing much more of that over the upcoming years in baseball, but um, 
for football trends, I do want to point out that NFL scoring is at an all-time low since 2017. Right now, teams are averaging 21.8 points per game. Um, and that, like I said, is the lowest since 2017 when there were 21.7 points per game scored by each team. Um, but over the past few years, we've really been spoiled with just just every game just being a shootout and just kind of the league transforming into a wide receivers league. Um, as I said, 21.8 points per game uh, for each team on average this season. Last year, it was 23, 24.8 the year before that, 22.8 the year before that, and 23.3 in 2018. So it is down quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a product of we got a lot of new guys and new places. We got a lot of new coaching staffs taking over, a lot of first-year head coaches. Um, I think there's just a lot of moving parts right now. And I do think down the second half of the season, we're going to see a bit of a return to the points that have been scored over the past few years, as opposed to what was happening prior or to 2017 and prior to that. So, um, yeah, I, I think buckle up. I think these teams need a bye week. And when they do get a bye week, look for them to rebound coming right out of it. Uh, once they kind of get some time to figure out what the hell is going on and who they want where and, at what time and there's just a lot of moving pieces right now yeah first week of buys coming up this upcoming week so keep an eye out check your fantasy lineups some of those set them and forget them guys still check your lineups big wave of buys this week before we get into the show wanted to thank our presenting sponsor of the podcast the presenting sponsor of the podcast underdog fantasy underdog is the quickest and easiest way to play fantasy football Either you draft a season-long best ball team, play their over-under games, or the million other different ways that you can win money on underdog. Some people out there, they still don't understand what best ball or DFS is. Basically, you set your lineup, either through drafting or through your projected budget that you spend, and you absolutely forget about it. If you end up winning, you win a lot of money. Sorry as I blow my nose. So... Nice. The way that underdog works, it's a set it and forget it style. Your best players are always going to play. They're automatically slotted into your roster. So underdog fantasy is stress-free fantasy. Use our code monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. And I'd like to thank the listeners out there for listening to my allergy voice and watching me literally have to wipe my nose in the middle of that ad read. You guys are troopers. You're making me cry over here, Peter. Like I just, I feel bad for you. I know. Listen, that. Jordan, this is Jordan flu game for me. <laughs> it's all we can ask for Pete. That's why you're the best around. Even yeah. if you are a fake, fake Yankee fan, fake, <laughs> fake Yankee fan, fake Italian. Next year you'll be telling me I'm a fake Jets fan. No, you're a real Jets fan, Peter. I'll never go that low. <laughs> All right, let's move into reports for today. First talking point, uh, my guy in particular, Sean Penny, broken fibula out for the year. I think this is K's for his career, sadly. Um, I think he'll have a Philip Lindsay-esque career now, puts around from place to place trying to find a starting job through injury. He'll be one of those guys that you know, cuffs or et, et cetera. Uh, we welcome the Kenneth Walker era. I'd like to congratulate Mort, Mort from New Jersey, Mort from Philly for his resilience in holding Kenneth Walker in the face of adversity this past year. Um, Kenneth Walker show is officially set to begin next week. What does this do for your Kenneth Walker shares? I think the easy answer is that they go up, but give me a little bit more in-depth analysis. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a tough first five weeks for Kenneth Walker owners. I mean, they had to take him in the first five, six picks of the first round and re like rookie drafts. Um, and just to see Rashad Penny just absolutely destroying it out there. He had a killer game versus Detroit and I mean, you never like to see injuries, even though I said on this pod before, you know, I like injuries. I don't like injuries. I like to see players stay healthy. But I really think that just with how the Seattle offense is going right now, Geno Smith looks great. Tyler Lockett's playing great. DK's looking good. He got a touchdown called back last week. Don't be fooled there. Um, but I think that they're a high-paced offense, and they're going to be in shootouts, man. I mean – they put up a lot of points versus Detroit. They put up a lot of points versus the Saints, who are a good defense. These people, they can score the football. And I think Kenneth Walker fits right in there to that passing down back. 
he'll be in the game a lot. And I just see um, really high end running back two numbers right away. Yeah, I think high end number two is a great way to put it. I'm not ready to lock him in as in as a number one. I don't. I think once the season progresses towards the end, I think the Seahawks team is going to struggle. Uh, kind of foreshadowing to one of my bus picks later in this episode, but I, I think this team is they're uh, they're punching above their fighting weight, if you will, and. I think, you know, you might get a little bit of immediate reward while they're hot right now and the matchups aren't terrible. Um, and I think you ride that. And I, I just think manage your expectations because me, Brees Hall, to me at least, Brees Hall is just like eons away in Dynasty. He's already shown us so much. He looks like he's already taken over. And it's not that he's just taken over in, on, you know, in between the tackles rushes. He's taken over in the passing game too. And we really haven't seen much of that from Kenneth Walker albeit or whether it's in college or now we just really haven't seen it yet. So um, I don't know, high end RB two, that's all I'm willing to bank on him as. And if I'm investing capital on him, that's when I, that's the price I'm trying to pay. Not, not the uh, ridiculous off season price that he was going at when, like Max said, he was a top five pick in rookie drafts and there's no football going on. So everyone's values just skyrocketed even higher than usual. What do you think his honest value is right now? Like, obviously, he's worth that first-round pick that he was taken at, given the fact that he's starting right now for the Seahawks. So I think, you know, a starting running back, a young starting running back who had good metrics and has the chance to play, you know, 100% of the snaps at running back is worth the first-round capital pick. What on top of that would you need to move him if you had him? I mean, honestly, if I had him, I would probably honestly move him for a 23 first. Um, Easy. I don't think he's worth any. No, I mean, I don't think like if someone was giving you a late 23 first, I think you could probably talk them into throwing you a second rounder on top in that 23 class. And that's something I definitely separate with him from uh, for. I, I mean, if I had a 23 first yet, I'm not like, I'm not competing, but even if I'm in the middle there or, I mean, I'm going for it. I don't want Kenneth Walker. I'd rather yeah. use the 23 first on somebody else, um, yeah. not Kenneth Walker. I think he'll take some time to develop, but the volume will be there. Yeah. I, I think for me, my selling price is pretty much any 23 third. And if it looks like it's going to be late from a competing team, then you got to get me a second on top. Um, JB, but, any 20, 23 third? I'll do that right now. Is that what I said? Yeah. Oh, well, I, 2023 first is enough to get the job done, and I, yeah. I'll sell them for pretty much anything um, in the 23 class. Like I said, later first-round pick, I'd like to get a second on top as well. But um, And then if I'm buying, I would prefer to stay away from the 23 class. I would go try to spend a 24 first-round pick, and that's definitely more of the price I'd be willing to pay. And the 23 class is just supposed to be loaded with running backs, kind of like the class where we got JK Dobbins and Deandre Swift and all these guys, this class is supposed to be very similar in the class that Kenneth Walker just came out of. Like we're lucky we got Brees Hall out of it. It feels like, like that running back class really, I mean, other than Brees, it hasn't been anything. So unless Kenneth Walker can step up to the plate, we're going to look back on that class as a complete bust for the running backs and just a super heavy wide receiver class. So um, yeah, just, Keep that in mind while you're out there dealing with Kenneth Walker, either buying or selling. All right, let's take a deeper dive. T. Higgins, Darren Waller both put up goose eggs. Both tried to get it out there, but but couldn't figure it out for their teams, their respective teams. I'm not worried about these guys. The only one dynasty-wise that I'm worried about is Waller, obviously, but at the end of the day, I'm still not extremely concerned, probably because of what you ended up paying to get Waller. wasn't insanely high in the first place this last couple of years, so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some – I know, like, the person in our league that has Waller, he's going for it. Um, I don't think Waller's that tight end that you want when you're if you're going for it. I think he's too inconsistent. He's getting up there in age, obviously. Um, but I'd rather have guys like Ertz. I'd honestly probably rather have Everett than Waller. I don't know about you guys. Um, not from a – I mean, even from a dynasty perspective. Like, I'm really out on Waller, and I guess maybe it's just me, but I wanted to hear what JB thought. Yeah, Waller's definitely been disappointing, and I don't know. I feel like the Raiders' passing offense has been pretty disappointing. Like, even Devontae, 
last night put up a huge game but what do you have four catches at the end of it like uh they had three catches 124 yards and two touchdowns like and he also had another two catch game a five catch game like this is Devonte adams who we're used to seeing seven eight catches out of now darren waller struggling because Devonte adams is there and hunter renfro struggling one because he's a little banged up right now but also he doesn't just have darren waller to compete with it's it's two other alphas so I don't know. I, I think this is one of those teams that's still trying to figure themselves out. And I do think when Waller is on the field, I would rather have him than Gerald Everett and Zach Ertz. Cause I do think he's a true difference maker and someone that that team is going to realize that they're going to have to rely on at some point if they want to be successful. So I think there's a pretty good buy low window for Waller, but I, he's well out of range for first round picks. So if you can scoop him up for a handful of seconds or you know, a, a Brandon Ayuk for a team that needs a, a wide receiver. That those are the deals I'm trying to make. I'm the first round picks that are way out right now. All right, let's keep a move on here. Let's take a look at James Conner. Disgusting season he's had. High draft capital in redraft leagues and um, dynasty leagues. Maybe it was worth a first to a competitor. Doubted in 2023. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm really just – I'm out on James Conner. I think last year he had this fluke of season with a lot of touchdowns, a lot of things going his way. And I just – I wonder what that backfield is going to be. I really wonder what that whole team is going to be. Um, I feel like that's one of the most weir- – the weirdest teams in the NFL. I mean, you got Hop coming back. Who knows what Hollywood's going to do. Ertz, he's been very consistent. He's tight end four right now in full point PPR. Um, then you got this running back situation. So I'm really out on Connor, but are you guys like, I get it's waiver days. You know, Benjamin's probably on a lot of waivers. Are you guys adding, you know, Benjamin? I mean, he's 20, he's pretty young um, considering Connor's 27. What are our thoughts moving forward there? Yeah, I think, I don't know, whatever backups in there, like, to me, I thought it was going to be a lock that Daryl Williams was going to step in and play a good role. And he was really successful with the Chiefs when he needed to fill in for Clyde. And he really hasn't shown much of that. Eno Benjamin's just he's 23. Like you said, he's young, but I don't know. They He's been an experiment for quite some time and he's shown flashes every once in a while. But he's just he's not it, although he did go to Arizona State to so represent. But I don't know. I'm not investing in these guys with any kind of capital. Even if I have third round picks, I'm just going to hold on to my third round picks. Rookie season comes around and people, they don't have the capital to go spend, to go get a first round pick or sometimes even a second round pick. You hold on to those thirds, you'll be able to get all the Eno Benjamins you want. So I'm not investing in him, but if he's sitting out on waivers for whatever reason in my dynasty league, scoop him up because maybe someone else will. Because I know for... For an example, I just sold Raheem Mostert for basically for a 24 second round pick today. A couple months ago, I just scooped him right off of waivers because I knew he was going to have some sort of role this season. So I think, you know, Benjamin kind of falls into that territory where they're going to have work, especially at the running back position. Scoop him up if he's out there. All right. Last but not least talking point I wanted to mention. It's not on our show, Doc, so I might be throwing the guys for a loop here. Brian Robinson came out played a football game, which is enough of a compliment for him uh, based on what he's gone through. The Ron Rivera quotes from this past week are wild, wild if you've heard them, saying that Carson Wentz is the biggest problem with that football team. What are your thoughts and opinions on Brian Robinson moving forward now that Ron Rivera says Antonio Gibson has a great opportunity to be our kick returner? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny, and it brings a smile to my face just because, like, in our most important league, you got super producer Nick C that has Gibson, and then you got our good friend Mort from Philly. Um, he has Brian Robinson. They go back and forth asking who the cuff is and trade me the cuff, yada, yada, yada. But I think Washington has a ways to go. I think what Brian Robinson was able to accomplish, getting back on the field so quickly was great. Um, I'm still not bought in on him. I don't think any of us were really. Um, it just takes away from I was Gibson. I was bought in on him. There's there's definite receipts saying that I liked him as a second round pick somewhere on this podcast in the ether. I think JB remembers. All right. Well, well, Pete was bought in on him. 
I personally was not. JB, I know you thought he was kind of just a guy. Um, but I just think it takes away from Gibson's workload that was already dwindling as it was. So I'm fully out on Gibson now. I probably wouldn't even pay a 23 second. Um, and Brian Robinson, I wish him nothing but the best, but I'm proceeding with caution. Yeah, I, I don't think I can add much more than that. I was, I feel like out of everyone in our podcast group, I was trying to hold out for Antonio Gibson the longest, saying I'm not worried about Brian Robinson. But now we're this far into the season that Kami's team just isn't good. Gibson himself just he doesn't have that same magic that he had the past couple seasons. Um, I, I think this is really bad for Gibson. I'm fully in that camp now, but like you, I, I just, Brian Robinson, if he ever becomes anything close to a back end first round pick or anything in the first round, I am jumping ship immediately and selling him. I just, I've never been that bought in on him for fantasy as a professional running back. Sure. He can be great and do good things for a team, but I don't think he's ever really going to be a top end guy for fantasy. And I don't think his shelf life is going to be particularly long um, given his age when he came out of college and just kind of the team and the competition over there. So I don't know, tamper expectations with Brian Robinson would be my advice. And if he ever becomes a premium asset that you can sell high on, he's one of the first guys I'm looking to do that with. All right, let's take a move forward into some notable booms and busts from this past week. Quick, you know, five, 10 minute topic here. Uh, Josh Allen, no need to explain. Obviously he's incredible. There's nothing that we can say that's going to enlighten you anymore on Josh Allen and his stock. But let's talk about Lenny, playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, put up 30.9 points this week in half point PPR. Just, he's one of those confusing ones. He's a James Conner-esque kind of guy where he knew he was old. He was playing an efficient year last year. Can he reproduce that? Last year had a, again had that great year. This year been off to a slower start. Any comments on Lenny and his value moving forward for competitors? I would honestly be trying to sell him to a competitor if I had him. Um, and if I was a competitor, I'd be trying to honestly, I'd be fine shipping him to another competitor. I don't think he can keep it up. Um, we've seen Rashad White get more and more work. Yes, Lenny had a great game, um, but that was with, I mean, it was versus Atlanta one, so I don't really count it. I mean, I count it, but Chris Godwin's been hurt. Mike Evans, they've both been banged up the first couple games of the year. Lenny wasn't really doing much. I don't know. I'm really, I'm out on Lenny. If I'm a competitor, like I'd honestly, I'd be fine shipping to another competitor. I really would. So that's all I got to say. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know how, I feel like Lenny's just going to just keep on keeping on. Like, I, I don't think you can expect 30 points every week by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think I trust him more than Zeke. I trust him more than James Conner. Like, out of that group of 27-year-old, 26, 27-year-old running backs, like, I trust him the most. He's just going to get the work. It doesn't matter what team he's up against if, you know, when they're up, he's going to run the ball. And when they're down, he's going to catch the ball. He's just coming off of a 10 catch game this past week and seven the week before, like Tom trusts him. And I think because of that, you should just keep on trusting Fournette. Um, but if you're a team that's closer in the middle, I think you got three weeks coming up at Pittsburgh and at Carol, or excuse me, two weeks at Pittsburgh and at Carolina, two pretty juicy matchups for running backs. I think if he pops off for a couple more and you're somewhere close to you're, you know, ah, I'm rebuilding, I'm competing. I don't know what to do. My team's all right. If you can ship Lenny out for a hefty price, maybe some young studs or first round picks, whatever you can get. I think that's a move that I would be willing to make and kind of shift my focus towards rebuilding. Because I think at the end of this, when he's 28 years old next season, we don't even know if Tom's going to be around. Like I think his value, I mean, his value disappeared overnight once before when he got cut from Jacksonville at this age, it's probably going to happen again pretty soon. So just be wary. And if you're in the middle, I would start your rebuild selling him. All right. Kelsey put up another 30 bomb, something that fantasy owners are getting accustomed to over the last, let's say five seasons at this point. Um, 
he's getting older. You know, we say this every year. What is he, 35 now? 34, 35? Just turned 33. Just turned 33. I apologize. I'm writing him off. Um, this is a topic that I'd love to talk about. The upside games, I think, are there more for Kelsey, knowing that he is Patrick Mahomes' number one guy versus Lamar, where Lamar is more likely to rush when he gets pressured versus Mahomes relying on Kelsey. I still have Andrews as my number one dynasty tight end. But if you're a competitor, are these guys more equal in your mind moving forward? Or if you're a competitor, would you do an Andrews for Kelsey straight? I would rather have Kelsey if I'm a competitor. I think just the the volume is there. Yes, he only had four catches this week, I think. Or no, seven catches, six catches. Not his usual game. I mean, he's usually putting up eight, nine catches, um, 70, 80 yards and a touchdown. Like, I feel like that's pretty consistent for Kelsey. Um, Andrews, we've seen some inconsistent weeks. We also know he could pop. Um, But like you said, Peter, Lamar, he runs the ball a lot. And they have options on the running game. They have Bateman. They have other options. Whereas in Kansas City, I sit in my bed and I think about it. I'm like, I don't know how Kansas City's won four games. It's absolutely crazy. And I'm like, oh, they have Mahomes and they have Kelsey. I mean, Clyde, to me, he's really just a guy. Juju has been awful. MVS, I don't even, we don't even need to branch him. It's literally, it's Kelsey. He gets the volume. I'd rather have him. Yeah, I, man. Kelsey did, by the way, he put up seven catches last night, but it was only for 25 yards. And I've said it on this podcast, on this live stream before, beware of the boosts on the sports books. The boosts are almost always a freaking trap. Last night I saw on FanDuel, it was uh, Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey to, to both have 50 receiving yards at plus 100, boosted from minus 170. And I was like, they're up to something. And then, of course, Kelsey goes out there and drops 25 yards. Like, I have no idea how they know that stuff, but just beware on the boosts. Um, but I think if I'm a competitor and someone – I have Kelsey and someone offered me Andrews, I, I think I might go with Andrews, to be honest. Like, I love Travis Kelsey. I love Patrick Mahomes. But the target volume for Andrews has been really solid. Seven targets, 11 targets, 13 targets, then five, but 10 this past week. And the yardage has been there too. He's had two 89-yard games, a 104-yard game, and he scored four touchdowns this season. So the production's there. He's just, what'd you say? He just turned 33, so he's six years younger. I think it kind of depends on your team context. Like if you're, you're old and you have like Mike Evans and Keenan Allen and all these old vets and Leonard Fournette and I mean, this is your year. Okay. I think I'll hold on to Kelsey just because we know who he is and I'll trust the quarterback. But if I'm, if I'm like a young competitor or I got a team that looks like can maybe turn into a dynasty over the next three or four years, give me Andrews all day, because even if you don't win this year, Andrews is going to help you go towards another title next season. And I bet Travis Kelsey will too. But when you start talking 34 years old, I start to get worried and I think your return on value and trades at that point, it, it's going to be quite limited where Andrews is, he's probably just going to keep skyrocketing once uh, Kelsey's out of the picture per se. All right. Let's talk about a pair of stud young running backs, both scoring 26 points this week, Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs. Talk about both of them together. Brees Hall, obviously nothing needs to be said besides he was your most likely number one overall pick in the 2022 class. Hit probably last week to buy him was last week. Uh, after this uh, meteoric boom in fantasy production, we won't be finding easy trades for Brees Hall. Not that there were easy trades before, but any difference on Brees Hall this week compared to last week, in your opinions? No, looked really good in the passing game. Um, they're finally using him how he should be utilized. Michael Carter didn't steal two touchdowns for him. I mean, wow, it could have been a crazy week. He looked yep. good. The Jets fans were upset that Carter stole the touchdowns. But Carter had a great second touchdown dance. Did anybody catch it? The waddle. I saw that. He did the waddle. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, do they do they have beef or anything like that? Or is there's just... a oh between the two players? Waddle and oh, Carter. No. Nothing oh, okay. between the two players, but the Jets and the Dolphins. It's an old rivalry 
even more so than the the Pats Jets. Hmm. So it goes way back, way back. Um, okay. But it got reignited with Tyreek Hill choosing the Dolphins over the Jets this past year. So a lot of Jets fans. I was sitting in section 231A if you want to come out and hang during a Jets game. 231A, <laughs> I was with Mort from Philly, and we had ourselves a time. We got to see a couple of Miami fans get beat up in the stands. It was nice. It was insane. The rivalry bled over into the into the <laughs> crowd. So some guy wore a full dolphin suit and got his uh, behind beat up had to get security oh. called. So oh. Oh. it was crazy. The rivalry is real. And especially when Quinn and Williams just completely threw Tyree kill to the ground. Interesting. All right, Josh Jacobs. Let's talk about Jacobs. 26.2 points. I have a lot of bias here. I am a Josh Jacobs truther. So I will hold myself outside of the conversation. He, he looks really good. And I think the only thing that I will say, I'll keep it short. If he continues to get this workload and can stay healthy, I think he's a top 12 running back yet again. Yeah, the schedule is so juicy. It's so nice. Uh, so many big opportunities for big blow-up games. And right now, this Raiders team stinks, and he is he's not being scripted out, which is the case pretty much his whole entire career up to this year. Um, let's see, he's got 16 targets over the past three weeks, 15 catches. I mean, that's, that's what we wanted from Josh Jacobs. And... You know, he broke into the league super young. He's still only 24 years old. He's been playing for three years. It just, he feels so much older than he actually is. And it's, uh, I don't know, him and Leonard Fournette really got me thinking about the value of running backs. And, you know, there's always this thought, like, when the cliff comes, we can all see it coming and we all bail out. And I think with Josh Jacobs and maybe Leonard Fournette, maybe those are two guys I know in particular I bailed on uh, – Josh Jacobs pretty early on. I got a decent return. I got T Higgins as part of the deal. So I'll take that. But, um, you know, I was done with Josh Jacobs and probably a year ago from today, I was probably talking ish about him, how game script dependent he is, but you know, him, Leonard Fournette, these guys have kind of revitalized their career a couple of years down. So I don't know, it just kind of makes me think about maybe we need to reassess how we think about running backs in dynasty. And maybe it's not as uh, volatile as we make it out to be sometimes. I don't think it's as volatile as we make it out to be, but this year we've been very blessed. I'll say that we've been very blessed with the fact that no elite stud running back has gone out yet for the year. Yeah. So knock on wood. Javante. Elite stud. He is not putting up stud numbers like Saquon, CMC, traditionally. Henry, what Fair Jacobs enough. has looked like the last couple of weeks. We Fair haven't enough. seen, like, I don't count Penny because his value was never that high because we knew Walker was uh, waiting in the wings. But we haven't had that elite blow-up of a value, just com- not a value, elite blow-up of a player just go out for the year yet. So I think that there's a little running back bubble right now. I'm not saying that if you sell, you're going to be happy in three months. I'm just saying the likelihood that a back does get hurt and that you could possibly sell now and move into a safer asset is higher. So if you have an elite young stud running back and you just know he's not going to fit your window like Jacobs, let's say you're a long-term rebuilder and you need two years to rebuild. I don't think Jacobs is a great asset to be holding. Right now is the perfect time that you trade him for a wide receiver you trade him for an elite level tight end, obviously working a package in and around. You mentioned this bubble and it just, there's so many guys. I mean, these past couple of weeks, I mean, Pierce looks good um, in Houston there, but I mean, Clyde, I think that you missed the opportunity to sell him. He's got a tough schedule coming up, very touchdown dependent Sanders. I think he's hit or miss. I think he could still have another big game. I would sell him. Keep, after keep listing off my running backs. No, Peter, you really do, though. I mean, like, I think you would admit to it that you have these running backs that are. Island of Misfit hitting. Backs. You, you own the Misfit Backs, but even, I mean, there's other running backs in the league. Um, like James Robinson a couple weeks ago. I mean, when he had those big weeks, one and two, could have sold him very high. Um, I don't know. You have to really watch the windows in Dynasty and sell at the right point. I think a couple weeks ago, Peter could have got 
a 23 first for Clyde from the right awesome. guy. If somebody would have given me a 23 first for Clyde, I would have slammed oh. except. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe what it is, too, as I'm continuing to think about how we value these running backs is if your window's far out, right, you you sell a running back at a pure premium, turn it into a wide receiver, a super long-term asset. Um, you know, you go try to get a Kyle Pitts or something like that. You go get something super long-term that year over year, even if it's not happening for them, like we see with DJ Moore every year, the talent's there, they just need a quarterback, right? And it's just not their fault, whereas the running back's, Maybe some of it is their fault. Maybe they're just not good enough to see the workload that we want out of our running backs. So maybe we sell them off, you know, if we're trying to rebuild, even if they're 22, 23 years old, you sell them at a true premium. Maybe their value takes a step back. And then when they're 24, 25 years old, stepping into like that prime age, which we see a lot is 26 years old for a lot of these running backs. Maybe after that values taking a nosedive over the off season, man, this guy's 25. He's never really shown it. We start to buy back in. And maybe that's where we, you know, we go from a rebuilder to a serious competitor by reinvesting in Josh Jacobs at 24 years old after having just sold him a couple years younger when he was at the quote unquote peak of his value. All right. I'm going to mention something here. Something that I want to talk about is uh, I was watching uh, Golden Auctions. It's a sports memorabilia auctioning company or just memorabilia auctioning company. And over the past couple weeks, they've been auctioning off a Honus Wagner or Hannes, however you want to pronounce his name. T206 card. There's only like, you know, whatever. I think it's like 50 known examples in the world and they're all like completely destroyed. Um, but it's probably right up there with the Mickey Mantle rookie card as the most coveted cards in the game. And this example, it's a 1.5 out of 10. And it was graded by a professional grader. Went for point. I think it was 2.1 million went for that last year. This week, 14 months later, it resold. Guy decided to just sell it. It sold for $3.1 million. So, geez, right? So this man made a million dollars over a year's time, 14 months, made a million dollars. Now, why did he make a million dollars? When that card was bought, it was in the midst of a booming card economy where every card was being insanely inflated in value. And now, as the world moves into more of a recession, the card market has taken a beating as well, but the card's value went up. Why is that? Because he held it for another year. Yes, but he invested in an anti-inflationary, anti-recession asset and that's how i think you have to look at these running backs as these are recession-based assets these are depreciating assets versus if you go in and put your money in on a wide receiver think about jefferson how much he's worth right now let's say arbitrarily he's worth five first round picks i really think that's probably his value and you pay those five firsts and he finishes as a top four receiver this year what is his value even yeah. if the wide receiver market is going down, his value will only go up. So with these backs, if you have the ability and you're not going for it now, moving into safer recession-free assets, basically, you know, quote unquote, recessionless assets, a wide receiver gets an ACL. Nobody in their right mind is thinking his career is over unless he's over the age of like 28. Right. Versus a running back at the age of 25 gets an ACL and people are like, ooh, I don't know, he might be done. So just start trying to invest in these assets that you know are going to appreciate in value, no matter what circumstance and outside forces can control them. Totally agree. Totally agree. Buy those wide receivers, baby. Zero RB. Zero RB. Zero RB. Zero RB. <laughs> All right. Just one bust I wanted to talk about this week actually two we'll talk about this one first and then it'll project me into my crystal ball pick for the week let's talk about Jalen Waddle 3.8 points he was lost in the sauce this past week any comment on Jalen Waddle and that third string quarterback that was thrown the ball no you, you stole the comment out of my mouth he had a third string quarterback um, he's gonna have boom weeks he's gonna have bus weeks I think it's what you sign up for when you have Waddle on your team yeah, I, I agree. And I think at the beginning of this season, we weren't really seeing the Jalen Waddle volume 
that we wanted. And to be honest, long-term, I think that's okay because I think what we saw last season was great. We saw a bunch of targets, but it was a lot of low dot stuff. It wasn't, you know, like a true alpha route tree. It was a lot of dink and dunk stuff and then see what he can do after the catch. And I think what a lot of us wanted to see this season was him making big plays down the field. And then Tyreek Hill came to town. We're like, ah, oh, well, there goes that. They're going to have Tyreek Hill do it. But no, we're seeing a lot of that out of Jalen Waddle, him running deep, deep routes. So I, I think long-term, I'm loving the investment in Jalen Waddle. I'm loving the investment uh, in McDaniel and Tua and what they got cooking over there. And I think it's a great long-term buy because we've now seen Jalen can both succeed in the kind of PPR Debo Samuel-esque, just get the ball in his hands way. And we've also seen that top-end speed um, and big playability that he was pretty much drafted for coming out of college. That's pretty much all he was known for. So I think we've now seen all aspects of his game, and he just needs a healthy Tua and a right-minded Mike McDaniel. And I think it's wheels up for him for the rest of his career. All right, let's move on to my – not my bus, but – our notable bust from this past week, who will then become my bust for this future week. I think we'll start our busts first. So I'll go Jace and then Max, we snake it back around. Sorry, everyone bear with me again. I am battling some seasonal allergies right now. I know I'm not a hero, but uh, I'm pretty close right now. So no doubt. All right. Let's talk about Mr. Najee Harris. Stat line, he went for 20 yards on the ground, 16 yards in the air, three receptions for 5.10 and half point PPR. Ugly, ugly, ugly week. Bill's defense is great, but this upcoming week, it does not get much easier. I've always said this, just fade your running backs against Tampa Bay, especially I think they're going to come out angry Get uh, based on this past week, not putting up a real fight against the Falcons. They should have probably swept the floor with them instead of even they should have let up zero points. I think Tampa Bay is going to come out, wipe the floor with Pittsburgh the way that we saw last week, that third what was it 33, 34 to nothing. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very, very ugly for Najee Harris, especially with Vita Vea going up against that terrible offensive line. Yeah, I, I don't like it this week. I don't like Najee moving forward, honestly. He's not getting the same volume. He's had 10, 15, 15, 18, 11 attempts. Um, his highest yards are 74, and he's not getting much work in the passing game at all. Um, very touchdown dependent. The Pittsburgh Steelers do not look good. And just given his age and the circumstance around him, I would honestly be looking to sell Najee. Um, I would be trying to get like a young wide receiver, obviously, or a young tight end. Yeah, I uh... – I can't do anything but agree. I I don't know. Long-term, I'm still kind of holding out hope for him, but I think this is going to be one of those Josh Jacobs, um, Leonard Fournette kind of things because I do think the talent's there. I think he is – I mean, he's a workhorse that can handle a huge workload both in between the tackles and in the passing game. I think that talent – I think it's going to emerge again, but I do think he's much – better suited for a rebuilder at this point trying to take a long shot so just let that value just keep creeping as low as it can be and as a rebuilder i'm going to be scooping up all the second round uh rookie draft pick Najee i possibly can because i do think the underlying skills and just his who he is as a big running back that can catch the ball i think he is his better days are ahead and it just might be a couple years ahead All right, let's move forward. JB, your bust. Yeah, I'm going to go with a – I hate I hate putting this pick out into the ether, but it's Geno Smith. I'm just going to get it out there. I love Geno Smith just as much as everyone else, especially the people that drafted DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and held out hope. Geno's been a dog. He's fun to watch, but he's got the Arizona Cardinals this week, and you might be thinking, God, that defense blows. Like, what are you fading them for? But – I think it's important to look at a couple things. First and foremost, the Cardinals are a, excuse me, let me count this, should have done it pre, uh, pre-show, pre knowing that we are live stream, but they are the, they are the 12th worst matchup for opposing quarterbacks, giving up the 12th fewest points per game to opposing quarterbacks. It's really not that great of a matchup, um, but on top of that, you got to look at the quarterbacks they played too. Um, 
Patrick Mahomes, week one, Derek Carr, week two, Matthew Stafford, week three, and most recently Jalen Hurts. And they're still only giving up the 12th, the, they are giving up the 12th fewest points per game to opposing quarterbacks. After facing all those elite quarterbacks, Geno Smith, although he's been great, is far from elite. And I think for quite some time now, people have been getting away with streaming him over guys like Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson um, and Kirk Cousins and, and guys that we've relied on for a lot longer than Geno Smith. And I think this is the week where we're going to be reminded you can ride hot streaks, but it doesn't mean it's going to last all season. Get your studs back into the lineup. Get your name studs back into the lineup. I think Geno Smith is uh, he's going to struggle here uh, in Arizona. So not a good streaming option and quarterback Max. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean JB JB really hit the nail on the head with that one. I have him in a super flex league. I'm looking for any third round pick I can get. I think he is having a great year. I think he could be of value to a competitor down the road, especially this year. If you're looking for a third or fourth quarterback, um, I just don't think it's sustainable at all. And I think Tyler Lockett has gotten extremely lucky um, just with the touchdowns. I'm really out on Tyler Lockett. DK, we get it, his age. I love DK, but Lockett, he's older. He's scored a lot of touchdowns and he's got Geno Smith throwing the ball. I just, I'm not in on Lockett or Geno Smith. Yeah, for me in particular, that team is a little weird and it's just going to be all year long. I don't, I don't care if they play well. I don't care at all if they play well. It's just always going to be that little thought in the back of my mind. Am I really going to start Geno Smith this week? Right. So I think Arizona's defense, Arizona's defense is out of this world good. I want people to really understand that. <laughs> they Their pass defense is awesome. And yeah. J.J. Watt on that passing, uh, in that, that pass rush, that team is very hard to be a good quarterback against. So not only are you fading Geno Smith, the person, you're fading him in the matchup as well. So I actually really like that. Yeah, and a couple of things here. If you've never watched Cardinals football, which I've had the pleasure of doing since I live out here, and you don't know who Buda Baker is, look up Buda Baker on YouTube or try to catch a game because he is a heat-seeking missile. Like, he is so good coming out of the secondary to make huge tackles. Um, and actually, you might know who he is because he's the guy that DK Metcalf chased down on that almost pick six last season. So, that rings a bell. Second thing I wanted to bring up to further support what you're talking about, Cooper Cup. We all know him as probably just the most stable, Mr. Consistent fantasy option over the past two seasons now, right? Triple crown winner. The only team that has been able to contain him is Arizona. This season, six targets, four catches, no touchdowns, 44 yards. Super low scoring game for Mr. Cooper Cup. Last season, uh, five catches, 64 yards, no touchdowns against Arizona. Played him in week 14 that season. He did torch him for 13 catches, 123 and one. But we've never seen anyone hold Cooper Cup, you know, under 90 yards. And Arizona's done it twice over the past two seasons. So they can shut down Stafford and Cup, I think. Geno Smith and Metcalf or Lockett might suffer as well. All right, Max, let's move yeah. on to your bust. And kind of building off JV's logic there, uh, my bust is another wide receiver. Well, his was Geno Smith, but he was talking about DK and Lockett. Uh, mine's going to be CD Lamb. I love CD Lamb as a dynasty asset. I just, I hate to say this, I really do. I really think the Eagles have a tremendous defense. What was and, that? Um, I think that in his past three seasons as being on the Dallas Cowboys and playing the oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Go back. You cut out. You lagged really hard. What oh, did, did you I? say about the Eagles? They have, a, they have a really good defense, man. Okay, I just want to make sure I heard that right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's coming from me. Um, but basically what I was getting at before Peter made me repeat that painful saying, CeeDee Lamb, he's never had over 66 yards against the Eagles. Um, big play slay is the real deal. Um, it looks like it could be raining there in Philadelphia this weekend. Um, I get it's only Tuesday right now, but on the Sleeper app, showed some rain, so I trust Sleeper. Um, I just think we don't know who the quarterback is. If it's Dak, I don't definitely don't trust him coming back from the injury. Cooper Rush, we saw. They had, he had like 174 yards and they got a win last week. I mean, 
I think if they're not trying to get into a shootout with Philadelphia, they know Philadelphia can score the ball. I think CD has an average game and I'm just trying to stay away and tamper expectations. I, I agree. I think, you know, if you're playing fancy last year and you had DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, you knew what Russell Wilson's finger injury did to them. I know DK had a couple nice games down the stretch, but I, I mean, they were, the, a lot of big plays had to happen there. And I think that's probably what's going to have to ha- going to have to happen for CD lamp to succeed against the Eagles in this matchup and big plays just aren't Darius Slay's thing. He just doesn't let it happen. Um, I, I think Dak's going to probably struggle off coming off that finger injury. And if it's Cooper rush, like you said, he is just Mr. Keep it safe, check it down. So I think, you know, if it's Cooper rush, you're tampering expectations. You, he's probably going to give you a PPR floor just because he's been targeted so highly. But if it's Dak, I think maybe that's when you start to move towards, do I maybe have, someone else do i got a boom bust guy that just seems to have a higher higher ceiling and that might be worth pivoting off of uh, this upcoming week yeah cd he's just one of those guys he's another one of those guys that you're just always when he's in the lineup you know you have to play him but you're always just nervous he's like kyle pitts like that these last couple weeks just when he's in the lineup you're just like is he gonna do what he needs to do to justify his price and he definitely scares me like that. But this upcoming week, I think that he won't have the best week outside of a long bomb where he, you know, just breaks the defense. I think he won't be able to compile his way to a good finish. I think it'll have to be definitely through an error on the defense where he goes for like 50 yards for a touchdown. So I love that pick. And Max, let's swing it around to the one guy who I think you've offered to every single person in our most important league yet somehow can't find a way to sell them. So let's hear your argument here. No, I mean, I've, I mean, I could sell them to JB right now. I think JB and I, we've talked about potential trades. Um, I just, I, I do trust him and I, I value him very high. Um, it's Cortland Sutton. Um, everyone's like, oh, why Cortland Sutton? Russ is playing terrible. We saw him on Thursday night, this, this, and that. The Yanks just beat the guards. Congrats there, Pete. Um, next three go to the guards. But he plays the Chargers on Monday night in L.A., right? And the Chargers are 24-ranked defense against, like, wide receivers this year. I think he has a really good game. And I'm only saying this because of one thing. I have no logic behind this pick at all. Jace usually comes to the logic. I'm just looking at the targets that he's had. He's had double-digit targets in three out of five games so far. And the other games, he's had seven both games. Um, his yards per catch are great. His yards per target are great. He's only scored one touchdown and he's the wide receiver 11 right now on the year. Um, just turned 27. He's obviously Russ's go-to guy. I mean, this guy, he's like a pretty consistent 70 yards and about five catches. I mean, he's a consistent, if you're playing full point, 12 points, 10 points a game. And if you can get a touchdown, 16 to 18 points, it's what I like to see. And I just think on Monday night, I think Russ shows up and has a big game and Cortland Sutton's a big reason for that. Yeah, you, you can't argue with the volume. And I think a lot of people, me included, expected the secondary for the Chargers to be a lot better than it is. Um, but no, like you said, they're giving up a lot of points. And uh, I can't, you just can't argue with the volume. I very much was the Jerry Judy truther of our group all off season and into the first few weeks, but I can also jump on the other side and fully admit that Cortland Sutton is the obvious go-to for Russ. And I think when push comes to shove, he's going to chuck it up to Cortland Sutton makes good sense. He's a huge, strong dude that can make a lot of things happen after the catch too. So I'm all in on this and hopefully we get a nice high scoring affair um, from one of these matchups that we were just talking about all off season. So hopefully the overs, I, I hope they really start to hit and we get the matchups we wanted. I think I think he'll PPR himself into a good finish. I think the script is going to be out, knowing that Russ can't really throw deep and hack it. While he may only have like five brain cells, I think four of them are going to realize that Russ can't throw deep, so he's going to need to dink and dunk his way down the field. And Sutton is a big body frame. 
Now, usually we hate big, big bodied receivers that are 50, 50 ball guys on this pod, but he does have some route running abilities, just like Mr. Devontae Adams, somebody who definitely made a gaffe this past week, but I do like the pick JB. Let's hear your boom. Yeah. My boom name value wise probably won't shock you that I think he's going to boom. It's Chris Godwin this upcoming week. Um, and he's at Pittsburgh and sure you might be thinking yeah, it's Chris Godwin, of course, but like over the past couple of weeks, if you've had him on your squads, it hasn't been great. And it's mostly been due to the fact that he's been banged up. Um, but he just hasn't been out there playing a whole bunch of snaps. He hasn't been fully healthy yet. Um, I want to go over his snap counts really quick. So week one only played 31% of the snaps. If you remember, he got hurt and then he missed the next two games week four against Kansas city played 83% of the sap percent of the snaps saw 10 targets caught seven balls 59 yards and then this past week against Atlanta only 52 snaps six catches 61 yards um I I just think he's going to play the full complement of snaps this week I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do their best to try to contain Mike Evans who's always you know Tom's big play big touchdown guy I I think Chris Godwin's going to be open early and often in this game um the Pittsburgh Steelers are giving up the most fancy points per game to opposing wide receivers, the most uh, the most yards per game to opposing wide receivers. I think we might see a nice little 125 plus in a score from Chris Godwin this week. And um, like I said, if you've owned him and hasn't been a great experience this far, you might have other guys you'd you'd been considering over him. This is the week you drop all that. You get Chris Godwin in your lineup. I love Godwin from a dynasty lens, but I don't know. He's had a really rough, I'll say rough last eight months from the ACL to the quad now or the hamstring, one of the two that is bothering him. I just really see him as in the midst of the mud right now. He's in that mud. He's in his quicksand. I think this is the week he's going up against this Pittsburgh defense that, you know, without JJ Watt is basically toothless. So I think this is his get right week. So do I see him scoring upwards of 20? Maybe not. I think they're going to try to run the ball down their throat, but I definitely see him beating his projection. His projection is probably somewhere in like the 10 to 12 range. I definitely see him slamming that. I predict a stat line 74 yards and a touchdown on six catches. Hey, That'd be a great stat line. I think Jace would Wait, take Wait, no, that. that's 20 points. Yeah, that's I was going to say he caught six balls and 52% of the snaps last week. I think we might get a little, uh, like, 10 catches, 100-something yards, and maybe a score if Mike Evans doesn't come along and steal him. But you are right. The Bucks have been running the ball a lot more this season than we're accustomed to. But Chris Godwin really is kind of the thing that makes this offensive good this offense go it's a lot of those little screens those run around screams get him the ball quick and let him chug through for seven yards sometimes he can break it all the way to the house a lot of short stuff let him move and i he's like a i don't want to say wide back because then everyone thinks of debo Samuel, but he's just kind of like a running back in the passing game and the fact that he just gets all these short targets it's grab the ball and take off um but it's based out of wide receiver routes a lot of slants and screens and things of that nature so I think he's just going to cook this week. All right, let's move into my pick. A little bit of a weird one this week. I love the Jets defense this week. Everybody's going to say, oh, Peter. (laughs) Oh, Peter, are they playing the Jaguars? Oh, Peter, are they playing the Texans? Who are they playing that you love their defense? They are playing the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers have looked atrocious atrocious on offense the last couple weeks. This is all I'm going to say. So I'm going to look at the last season. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed have absolutely locked down every receiver outside of Amari Cooper. They have played Mark Andrews. They have played T Higgins and Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. All of them held under 80 yards on a game. When I look at this Green Bay receiving core, I see utter poo caca garbage. I think Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed completely, completely locked down that receiving core. 
I think Robert Tunyon might have a decent game. The linebackers aren't great at covering tight ends over the middle. But when the corners are going to be able to absolutely 100% lock down opposing receivers, that's going to give way for that pass rush to kind of get home on Aaron. So I can see a couple turnovers, whether it's forced fumbles, maybe a fumble six, maybe a pick six, who knows against Aaron Rodgers, but they're currently projected 4.4 points. I see anywhere in the 10 to 15 point range for them this upcoming week. Call me crazy. Call me a madman. 430 Fox game of the week. I'm ready. Uh, Peter, I, I love you, man. I do. And I, I love your life more. Um, you called me a madman. Peter, this is one of the worst picks I've ever heard. Um, I'm just going to say it flat out, right? You were going on about um, the wide receivers. Green Bay's strength is not the wide receivers. Um, their strength is the running game. And I think that's what they're going to plan on doing versus the Jets. I was like, all right, maybe this game's in New York. I checked my phone. It's in Green Bay. Oh, in Lambo. I'm a madman. I am <laughs> a madman. They're coming off a tough loss to New York and London. Aaron Rodgers is going to be fired up. Robert Salas taking receipts. I think that the Jets have negative points this week. I really do. I'm on defense. All right, let's let's make a, a friendly wager. Okay. Nothing happens if the Jets finish between, I'll say, one. If they score zero, you win. So okay. from one to nine points, nothing happens. One to 9.5, whatever, nothing happens. Ten or above or negative, we have to do something. Okay, here's my proposal. I've been waiting for this, Pete. You're not getting out of the Kenny Galladay one. You're not getting out of the Kenny Galladay bet. I want six hours taken off. No. And you get the other six hours, Peter. No. No, that's routine. That's too routine. Four. No. You're scared. You know they're going to put up negative points. What are you, 12 hours in a Waffle House, baby? You want to go and just eat six waffles and walk out? What are you suggesting, Peter, for the listeners out there? I think we can make a friendly wager. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. What? If the Jets put up negative points, you trade me Elijah Moore. No, <laughs> I was absolutely not. I, I knew he was going to do it. I knew <laughs> he was going to do it. For Cortland Sutton, Peter. No, no, I won't do it. I'm sorry. sorry, sorry fandom is getting in the way. The people are already turning off the pod. They're clamoring. They're clamoring for this mm-hmm. drama. Peter, they heard your pick. They're like, who is this joker? They stayed <laughs> on. They heard the logic. It made zero sense. Who is this and, joker? And now, and now they're here. <laughs> like, Listen, when I – right, I got We it. can come up with a bet. If, here it is. Here it is. You ready? No, no, no. I got it, Peter. If the Jets put up negative points, when they put up negative points, I want you to go. You can buy a fake Yankees jersey, and I want you to put a name on the back of it, Peter. No, <laughs> no. That is a punishment worse than death. That's what I want. I will put buy more it. on the back this? of a Yankees jersey. <laughs> Number eight. Ew. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a terrible, terrible thing to do to a Yogi jersey. All right. This is what we'll do. How about this? I win, and you got to buy an Elijah Moore jersey for me. You wow, win. A $100 bet. No, <laughs> yeah. these are AliExpress. Oh. These are AliExpress jerseys. Okay. You win. Number six, I'll, Elijah Moore. I will either buy myself a DK jersey and wear it and take whatever picture you want, say whatever you want, or I'll buy you a DK jersey. I buy you an Elijah Moore jersey or I buy myself Elijah Moore jersey? Whatever you want. Whatever you want. However you want this to be done. Whoever you are, however you are, welcome yeah. to the pod. Welcome <laughs> to the pod. <laughs> Whoever you may be, however you may be listening. All right, let's do it. I'm, I'm okay. down. That's fair. That's a fair deal. No doubt. Null and void for zeros. Between zero, between, sorry, between one and nine. One right. and nine. All right. So zero that, caches. Zero, zero caches for Max. Okay. Yeah. All Man. right. That's going to wrap us up for today's episode. Wanted to thank anybody that popped into our, our live stream on Twitter. We really do appreciate uh, the support and the love that you give over on Twitter at dynasty monarchy on Twitter, super producer and Jace always pump out good content there. Subscribe on Apple, subscribe on Spotify, Max. Of course, you're going to look for the last word here. You're going to dig me on Elijah Moore one time. No. I'm not. 
I just bought a tripod and a light, and I'm starting to produce TikTok videos. Starting next week, the first video is going live. Just giving a sneak peek, but it's going to be good. I got I got a good vision. I'm mentally prepared. I know the setup that I want and everything like that. So it's time to produce. It's time to dig out of this hole. Go on TikTok. Follow the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. And uh, look forward to seeing you there. He's mentally nice. prepared and he's soon to be physically prepared. I don't know if he will be emotionally prepared for the hate <laughs> that you'll get on TikTok, but no. we're ready. I think we're ready. We got enough of a support system on the pod. We got the love. We got the love and uh, spread yeah. the love on your picks. How could they be mad? No, no doubt. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to say is if this is something that interests you guys, you guys jumped in for the live stream or saw the recap after, and it's just something you enjoy, let us know because we're kind of just experimenting with this. Um, we like having the video aspects and hopefully you guys like seeing our ugly ass faces, but uh, I take that back. Peter and Max are pretty good looking. My messy Max, room. Hey, it's, it's nice. But if this is something you guys like and enjoy, let us know. We will continue to do more of it getting in front of the camera, like Max is saying with the TikToks and stuff. Um, I got some articles or columns up on a blog uh, for sports betting stuff. So we're just trying a bunch of different things. And if one thing sticks out to you in particular, reach out and let us know. And if you ever have any questions, fantasy, sports betting, anything like that, I always say you're going to get four opinions. Um, You're going to get them as soon as we possibly can, probably within 15 minutes or so. We're super quick to respond. So anything you need, just let us know. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making it to the end. Enjoy another week of football. For the love of God, please try to enjoy Thursday night because it's going to be hard. No, real quick. I think Thursday night's going to be a barn burner. I I think it's going to be over 50 points. On that note, I had a bad take with the Jets D. That was even worse. You know, let's wrap it up. Whoever you are, however you are, have a good night. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.